This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hi there, and welcome into episode 18 of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman, and we have a ton of stuff on the agenda today. We literally have five or six topics that we need to barrel through, so let's not waste any time. Let's get Tom and Saruti on the line, and we'll just go ahead and dive right into this. Guys, how you doing? Sup? Hey! Okay, so I want to open this in a different format this week. Steve, a lot of the topics that are on the docket today, I think, are directed towards you. So I want to Jeopardy-style name the different categories, and you can pick where you want to go first, okay? Okay. All right, we have Tom Came to St. Louis, a review. Peeps were mad Steve called me a thought. (laughs) Questions for Steve about his upcoming wedding. The Weezer cover of Africa is trash Mm -hmm. or A-plus content. How about this? Let's do Tom's trip to St. Louis because I'm I have I also have a lot of questions. Okay. Then let's address th- you thoughting out. Okay. Then let's do wedding stuff, and then we'll f- we'll do Africa shortly, and then we can finish with A plus content. How's okay. That? All right. I well, like I'm that very right. interested in Tom. Yeah. I'm, I mean, listen. If you're giving me the option, I want to hear about Tom's trip to St. Louis. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know what, Steve? This is why you're an excellent producer at the network. You just ran through that rundown like nothing I've ever seen. I'd also like to point out that I also basically said that same format the other day. What's up? Good, I can good. produce as well. Tom, um, also a great producer. A step below, though, because he actually wanted to lead with thoughting out. He thought it would be better to <laughs> Well, you know what? This is what you do. You, you make them wait a little bit. You listen to the beginning because they really want to hear the thoughting out part. I wanted to get you fired up, though, Steve. I'm yeah. already fired up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. The, the embers are already simmering. Okay, so a little bit of background. Freeze Pops came to St. Louis. He came here on a trip, um, and it was a very, very stressful situation for me. Tom called it my Super Bowl because, obviously, I ride so hard for St. Louis. People who have never been here, outsiders, if you want to call them that, don't really get it. They paint St. Louis with a very negative broad brush, and they don't mm. understand the sneaky gem that St. Louis is. Not to mention... Tom was flying into town on a Thursday afternoon. I was leaving to go out of town Friday morning. So my window to show Tom a good time in St. Louis was incredibly limited. So I had a game plan. I picked him up from the airport and we attacked. So Tom, you went to St. Louis. I had a game plan. What did you think? Give us a review. The floor is yours. All right. So uh, Michelle picked me up from the airport around noon on Thursday. Yep. And I, I'm not going to lie to you, for about maybe eight and a half, nine straight hours, Michelle was a tour guide. It was one of the most impressive things I've seen a human being do. She <laughs> was on her Bowl, game right? nonstop. Yeah, I mean, dude, it was like it was the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl for nine straight hours. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> she was like, all right, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, blah, 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 blah. And then we're going to do this and, this, and this, and this, and this, and this is a good place to get that, and blah, blah, blah. She's like, we're going to do a driving tour because we don't have that much time. i got to show you a lot of stuff. We're not going to miss some stuff. Blah, blah, blah. I wish we could do this. Here's the Anheuser-Busch uh, Brewery, but we can't go there because it takes too long. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, it was incredible. I, I'm not going to lie. Michelle, hats off to you. Great job on the tour. Now, one thing I want to just say off the top Uh-oh. is I'm nervous. the – No, no. It, it, you're going you're gonna to laugh at this, Michelle. <laughs> Saruti, did you know that you can go inside the arch – Yes. Yeah, you can okay. go to the top. So I didn't know that, and every single person I've talked to from New England in my life over the past week since I've been there had no idea. We all out here just assumed it was a big old monument, just a big cement arch thing. Well, it is had a big no monument. idea that you could – no, it's an observatory. Well, it's still a monument. 
Right, and we had no idea that you could go inside it. So we did that right away. Yeah, but just I need to defend myself. We went to see the arch, and I said, let's not go up it. It's very overwhelming. And Tom was like, I'm in St. Louis. I want to go to the top of the arch. And then we got to the top, and he was like, this is it? And I said, I told you, man. So we wasted about 45 minutes of precious time doing something that I told him was already going to be a negative. How do you get up? That, Steve, because, oh my God! How, how do you get up, Michelle? Because obviously it's not a straight it? shot. No, it is not I, a straight I, shot. I was so overwhelmed by getting up on it that I don't even know that I can fully correctly explain it. Maybe you had a better head on your shoulders during it because I'm a large man and I was in a very confined space <laughs> with strangers. <laughs> okay, were you strapped in or something? Like, I- <laughs> oh, dude, you don't even know. All right, so Steve, here's what happens. Uh, so beneath the arch is a museum. Very, very impressive museum, I will say. Okay. Impressive museum. Westward expansion, you said. I'm interested. Okay. Yeah, I believe that's what it's Gateway called. Gateway to the West. Love it. You know, it is the Gateway to the West. A lot of Lewis and Clark lingo going on mm-hmm. there. Uh, you know, I haven't been to the new museum. Huge we Lewis and Clark fan. I figured you would be, Steve. So when you come to visit, we no. will obviously take some time to really just savor <laughs> that museum. Um <laughs> But no, so you you go in this line and you you kind of walk down into this area uh, where the, you're you're facing a cement wall and so it reminds me of Lost kind of. Have you ever watched Lost? Like being yes. in the bunker, like a windowless cement bunker, and then all of a sudden these doors boat. open up and you get. I mean, you. I am not a tall person. I'm five four and a half on a good day, and I have you have to crouch to get in, and you get in. This, yeah, they're four foot. They're four foot doors. Yeah, you get in this tiny egg with about five I'm people. Two, Steve. <laughs> he's six two, Steve. Uh, <laughs> brag about it, Tom. Um, and you get in this little egg, and it takes you four minutes to get to the top, and then three minutes to get down. But as you're getting up to the top, you're like creaking along, and it's kind of swaying one way or the other as you obviously go around the curvatures of the arch. And then you get to the top, and you get out, and you walk into this tiny little space with tiny windows, and you look down at the street and you say, wow, everything looks small and I'm really claustrophobic up here and these windows are small and they're kind of dirty. How big is the area at the top? Way too small. Not that big. big. It's way too small. Interesting. Yeah, so then you get up there and there's way too many people up there. Everyone's trying to get out (laughs) and you're looking down and you're like, all right, there's the stadium. Cool. All right. There's East St. Louis. Awesome. And that's it. And it's it's not a great view, you're saying. Well, it's not like St. Louis has an you know an exceptional skyline. I mean, you're in the best part of the skyline at that time. I, I'm I'm trying to think because I when we went to Toronto uh, for the All Star game a couple of years ago, um, we went up in the Needle or whatever it's called. I don't even know what it's called. It's this tower or whatever, and it was not like that. But the views are awesome, and you can see Toronto. So it's not like that in St. Louis. And the cool thing about the one in Toronto is that there's like a glass floor, which is actually terrifying. Ooh, um, that is that scary. So if you can't handle, I mean, uh, if you can't handle the St. Louis, you're probably not gonna be able to handle that one. Although there is more room up there, Tom, and there is a bigger door than five than what four feet tall. Well, thirty. Like I, I don't know if Michelle. I mean, she did a good job explaining it, but she, uh, one thing she didn't like really dig in on is those eggs that they bring you up on mm-hmm. are like the smallest pods that you can put humans and in and they fit and no. they fit six you, they put six people oh. in the pod yes that's not you're in I there with six people and <laughs> for some reason 
some reason they, they split me and Michelle up. So I'm in a pod with like five complete strangers and I, I have Freaking pretty out. wide shoulders and I'm, I'm trying to be as small as possible. Like crossing my arms, crossing my legs. I'm still jammed in there. And all the girls in there, they're like all, it's people eight, ranging from age, like 20 to like 60 women that I'm in there with. And, and they're all complaining about how big I am. So was Michelle right that you just didn't need to do it? It was overrated. Oh, a th- thousand percent. She was correct. Wow. Okay. And when you get to the top, the, so the observatory, as she said, the window isn't that big. When I tell you the window, when she says that, she's not exaggerating. Like, you, when I think observatory, I'm thinking like, oh, the entire wall will be a window, you know? Or like, there's going to be a lot of glass for you to look at. But the window that they have at the top of the arch is like a dorm room window, like a prison window almost. You have to crouch down to look at I'll send you the pictures, Suri. I took a picture of my phone in the window so it looked like just the skyline, and then I backed up like one foot so you could see how small the view actually was. It's it's pretty funny. but uh, It's an architectural feat. It was done in the 60s. They weren't really thinking about your views, Tom. <laughs> but here's the thing. They're so thinking they about making talking, history at the time. They kept talking about how they just sunk $360 million into the renovation around the arch mm-hmm. and, I, and in my head i was like okay well look you, you built this nice park around it the museum is sick but like you didn't actually fix the the arch part of the arch maybe there's not enough room yeah i don't really know how they'd fix that well you throw 360 million dollars or something you think you'd fix it but whatever moving on you had a great time <laughs> I, I have i have more questions about st louis because listen as soon as i heard that you were going there i was like yeah this is what i want to know Michelle and I would imagine a lot of people who listen to this podcast are either from St. Louis, live in St. Louis, or aware of this, are aware of St. Louis. I have never been. Thomas is your first time. Yes. Right. Yes. Did I don't want? I want to do this without offending as many people as possible. No, go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Just offend away, Steve. Because Michelle, you're right. Like I feel like when I hear like you are the the person you're St. Louis, you rep it through and through. And it would be awesome to go on a tour with you because I know you would take me to all the cool spots. Totally. But there are definitely St. Louis haters. And I won't name names, but they are people here at ESPN. Yeah, but you know what? Their opinions don't matter because how much time now, have they really spent here? Right, yeah. Did did it live up to the Michelle hype? Yes. Wow. I can yes. definitively say that Michelle has what I thought overhyped St. Louis for the entirety of the three or so years I've known her. And I'm telling you, dude, that's a legit city. Compared and, it's to Boston. Not, it's, and it's not New York. It's not Boston. It's uniquely like this little Midwest kind of just beer barbecue haven. That's just exactly what I need. It's incredible, dude. Like it's a there's gem. so many, there's so many good uh, bars and just food everywhere. Like everywhere you turn, she's like, "That's the best burger." Boom, you go there. Amazing Did you burger. Have it? Yeah, dude. Oh my god, the burger was insane. I had life. I had life changing onion dip. <laughs> not, not surprised. He literally, when we went and got the burger, I was like, the the burger is amazing, but the scene stealer are the fries. There's these uh, very St. Louis chips called Red Hot Ripplets, and this place Max Local eats. It's in a little bar. In Dogtown, which is the Irish part of town. So you, and that's the thing. When you're a tour guide, you have to play to your audience. Steve, when you come, 
to visit because I'm going to force you to. I would take you to this cool new tiki bar that just opened, or like you know, the, there's this play, amazing place, Amsterdam Tavern, that where all the soccer people go. I would take you there early on a weekend to watch soccer. Like all these things that I know that are going to play to your strengths. With my man Freeze Pops, I knew exactly where to take him, and we're going to a dive bar in Dogtown to get an amazing <laughs> burger and a local beer. So I was telling him about these fries because they're coated in red hot riplets. They literally grate it down to a powder and then they cook it. And I'm explaining to the guy at the window um, that this is Tom's first time, and he's like, "Oh man, I got to slide you some some of this." Onion yeah, that dip. guy was the man, Mac. His name was Matt. Shout out to Matt. Yeah, and he so he slides us this onion dip, and I have a video that I will tweet out of Tom trying a fry and the onion dip and he's literally aroused <laughs> it was kind of uncomfortable i had to cut what's, the video short what's the barbecue style in st louis is it dude, vinegar dude, what is it i was about to get to this barbecue oh what's, my right, god tell me dude so i have lived my you know 26 years basically being in the camp of that ribs are overrated wow but that is because i have never had these ribs what, you only had them at chili's From, yeah pretty much chili's underrated chili's. Though, sorry Longhorn Steakhouse, uh, you know all that. So you've been going to chains. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, but here's the thing: I live in the north. I've lived in the northeast twenty five and a half of my twenty six years. When when am I going to be getting great barbecue? I've probably had amazingly great barbecue less than ten times in my life. So I've always kind of been in the ribs or overrated camp. But I had these ribs at this place, Pappy's in St. Louis, and let me tell you, Steve, they changed my complete. Opinion on ribs. I am all the way beef ribs, pork ribs. Are we talking? Uh, They're pork ribs, and they just they fall off the bone. The meat Mm. you could eat them without sauce. They could be completely dry, and they would be the best ribs I've ever had. But the sauce that they have at this place was out of this world. Uh, The original sauce from Pappy's. It's not vinegar based. It's like a it's like a sweet but tangy, uh, and it's got a tiny little bit of bite to it, and it's just. It's ridiculous. And, Michelle, I think actually you should take the floor on this one and, and describe to Steve what happened when the owner of the restaurant approached me as he saw me having a semi-orgasmic experience with these ribs. I mean, basically, Tom Tom dominated the food scene here in St. Louis. But, yeah, yeah. So, um, I no less. So... Tom, you know, had obviously given me his scorching hot ribs take, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take it to this place, Pappy. So Pappy's won Best Ribs in America from the Food Network. So, I mean, I know where I'm going. Okay, there, there's idea. one thing that I know. Ever heard of Guy Fieri? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, if there's one thing I know, it's it's St. Louis. So I know exactly what to do here. So I take him to Pappy's. Just a quick backstory. Tom was very taken aback by how nice people were here from the second so weird. that we went to the very first stop. I took him to this local place, Park Ave, to get a coffee and a gooey butter cake, which is a local St. Louis mm-hmm. specialty. And yep. he's wearing a Celtic shirt. And the guy behind the counter is like, oh, Celtic, Jason Tatum. I'm like, what's up, dude? And kept talking to him. And we leave there. And Tom's like, why were those people talking to me? Like, why are they so nice? <laughs> and then we, we go to the arch and everyone's like high-fiving him, being like, Celtic, Jason Tatum, welcome to St. Louis. Have a great time. You know, and like, he's like, what is happening? When we were coming out of the arch, there was like a line of like 25 kids clearly on a field trip and all of them just put their hands up for like a high-five line as I was walking by them. It was the you weirdest like, thing you ever. You do look like a good high-five guy. Like, totally. you know, you'd, you'd be enthusiastic. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I was, could see that. I was, I mean, Michelle can say, like tell you the the kindness and like friendliness was like rubbing off on me because I'm generally like a nice, friendly guy. 
by New England standards, you know? You were, you so were taken aback by the friendly. When you put, when you put my friendliness the within the Midwest, <laughs> it kind of just it elevates everything. He was drunk on niceness. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it um, really was. So we're sitting there, and so everywhere we went, Tom just screams that he's not from St. Louis. You can just tell. He walks <laughs> in a room, and you're like, oh, all right, this guy's not from around these parts. And it doesn't <laughs> hurt that he was wearing a Celtic shirt, gym shorts, and boat shoes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Clear, clear New Englander. Only, all he needed was a bucket hat. And totally. I, I was wearing a BC hat. Totally. Okay. BC hat. So we're getting ready to order, and I'm like, this is my friend. It's his first time in St. Louis. And, of course, everyone's like, this is what this is the play, man. Like, trust us. And so Tom does the play. <laughs> so the manager, I'm assuming, of Pappy's came over and checked in to see how he was enjoying everything. And Tom was like, I can't really speak of it right now because I'm having a religious experience. <laughs> so then the guy comes back, and he goes... Uh, when you came here, did you happen to check a bag? And immediately I knew where he was going because I'm Midwest Michelle and I know what's happening next. Tom, being from New England, goes, yeah, I checked a bag. What about it? Did someone take my bag? What's the problem? Gets really defensive. Like, what are you talking about my luggage? And the guy, like, like, this random dude is asking me if I have a bag. Like, what? What? Like, think about that, Surity. That's I get it. I'm already, I'm already weird out. Yeah, totally. Right. Then he pulls from behind his back a big sealed jar of the Pappy's barbecue sauce and slides it across (laughs) the table to Tom, and he's like, "Take this back with you when you go to New England." And Tom, it was like a kid on Christmas morning. (laughs) He could not. He. I don't think, even think he spoke. He just his mouth dropped open and one he was tear. Like, one slow tear rolled down his. And he was like, "Oh my god!" Like, dude, thank you. <laughs> I was laughing so hard I was crying because it, it was just so indicative of the three of us and just the way we interact about St. Louis. Because I knew exactly where this was going. And Tom, classic New England, was like, "What about my bag? What's your problem? Yeah, what's your problem, dude?" <laughs> Dude, it was amazing. Like, I wanted to get up and hug the guy, but I was covered in sauce and grease at that point. Frozen by yeah, and you were in a food yeah. coma. Listen, yeah. I want to. I will get there. I will. I promise. I have. I would love to be there. I want. I, I like to explore. I, I want to because I know Michelle would obviously do an awesome job of being a tour guide. I'd, I'd, I'd probably give you more than nine hours too. Yeah, please. Because well, let, no, me, let me tell you, Saruti, I leave to go to Milwaukee to run a half marathon. Tom stays and I had hooked him up. I was like, okay, listen closely. These are the do's. These are the don'ts. Do not stray from my agenda. Because listen, I may love St. Louis, but I am also self-aware. I know the negatives in the city, and I did not want Tom to leave here having a bad taste in his mouth. So what does Tom do as soon as I leave Saruti? <laughs> Immediately deviates from the agenda, okay? And I, ha- course, I had gotten him set up, Steve, like Cardinals game, Friday night. I got him tickets to the Diamond Club, which is like an awesome area. Oh, to yeah, the we'll, Diamond we'll get into that. And I'm like, do not eat this. Do not go here. And what did he do? He <laughs> ate exactly what I told him not to eat. He went what? exactly <laughs> where I told him not to go. And let's just say by the end of the night, I was getting videos from Tom at this bar. I would literally never take him to. We're not going to name the name on the pod. And it's like a dude's bare ass getting spanked with like a leather whip. Whoa. I was like, Wait, what, what was the do not eat? I'm on. interested in that. Okay, there was two things really on the do not eat list. One is St. Louis style pizza. Um, it's very controversial. It's um, it's very polarizing. You either love it or you absolutely think it's disgusting. And you guys being from New England, I knew Tom's palate, and I knew he would not enjoy it. <laughs> and it's honestly, it's a very acquired taste. I'm not going to sit here and say what that it, you what could... This, what is it? I don't so know. It's okay, like, let me, I know let toasted me jump ravs, in. but... Yeah, let me jump in bomb. here. 
Potato ravioli, though, Steve, are universally great. You can they give are. a deep fried ravioli to anybody and be yeah. like, "These are the bomb." Sandwich style pizza, not so much. Yeah. So the reason why I went is that Michelle told me, "Oh, there's this place called Emos in St. Louis. It's like kind of the the best known St. Louis style pizza place." And Jason, Jason Tatum has a sponsorship with them. So and then I'm you know I'm just kind of sitting at Michelle's apartment, kind of just killing time before the Cardinals game. And, and I look at Google, like, oh, I wonder if the emos is close. It's, like, less than a mile from her place. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's nice out. I'll just walk there. I'll try it. I can't <laughs> not come to a city and and not try the type of pizza. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she gave me the heads up that I might not like it, but I had to try it. And uh, let me tell you, it was, you know, the, the London pizza, where it's like mm. a, you, you kind of get that cracker type thing. So yeah. it wasn't cold. It wasn't cold, but that was the type of bread that it's on. It's like a hard cracker type bread, and I didn't tell you this, Michelle, but this probably contributed to the reason why I didn't like it so much. He brought it out. I immediately took a bite. Way too fast. I burned the top of my mouth immediately. What are you doing? So That's a rookie move in any pizza realm. <laughs> yes. God. Yes. So Too immediately bad. it clouded my judgment, but it it honestly just tasted like a big hot lunchable. So <laughs> I don't know. It's not really for me. I mean, look. Is it like a non? Like, I'm confused. No, it's like. Dude, it's it's weird. It's really weird. It's like the thinnest crackery type crust you could have. It's very. A veal is like pounded out. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like if you took dough and pounded it out. It's still dough, but it's really thin. How do they cook it, though? Like, is it is it cooked before and then the toppings are added after? Or is it, like, if I'm it's not, like, thin? super familiar with the process. I just know that Because I like it's... thin crust pizza. Like, I no, love pizza. No, but, this but dude, is it's, not, it's not like thin crust. It's not like thin crust. I love thin crust. So, yeah, so... Uh, it, was, it was really weird, but... I'm not even uh, 30 minutes out of town, Steve, and he's texting me being like, yo, I'm at EMOs. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I can't Stop leave you alone for three seconds. I go, as soon as I, I leave the county lines, you're already getting into trouble. Stop it. <laughs> Honestly, leaving Tom at your apartment, that's a bold move in oh, the first place. I there was like. three rules, Steve, and he uh, immediately broke one. <laughs> I go, there's three rules, Tom, for you to stay at my apartment without me being here. Number one, do not spill anything on my couch. I have a custom black linen Chesterfield <laughs> I didn't couch. spill on the couch. Well, there was certainly crumbs all over it. Mm, uh, I go, number two, you cannot hook up with anyone in my bed. <laughs> Okay. That did not happen. Well, okay. I don't know. I come home, Steve, Trust and the me. bed looks Uh-oh. a little suspect. <laughs> Let's just say there's cover strewn everywhere. Oh, I my God. had to do laundry. And All I said, right. number three, I live in an old, old place. The do- the lock is pretty tricky. I even had him test it. I go, make sure you lock the door. I come home, Steve. I I, I was like, I wonder if you- this guy locked the door. I open it, flies right open. <laughs> he didn't even lock the door. Jesus. No, I tried, though. You tried. Tried. Okay. Well, you know what, Tom? Um, try harder. The three okay. rules seem to have been broken, potentially. Yeah, I don't know. Unsure about the second a, one, but there was. A, I don't know yeah. if there was a female in the bed, but I <laughs> did find um, evidence of a fast food bag in the kitchen. Another place yeah. I told him absolutely do not go here, and he went there. Yeah, am I allowed to put that place on blast right I mean, now? Listen, I respect your curiosity and. Um, sometimes you just got to go rogue, and I and, listen, yeah. and sometimes you're going to be wrong, and you may have been wrong. But He's I wrong respect about everything. But that's like, okay. okay. You, you, sometimes, you? Michelle, you just have to let people make mistakes. Sure, see, but why go rogue when I've already done the homework? Learn from my mistakes. That's no fun. 
Like sometimes yeah. you just got to do your own thing and you got to make your own yep. mistakes. You got that's how you figure out things in life. Okay. You know, well, you, obviously your itinerary was probably amazing and would have been great, but you know you need, you need to like make a few mistakes every every now and then. True. Tom is, I mean, Tom of all people is not afraid to make mistakes. No, he's not. Yeah, we all know exactly. that. All right, Tom. Well, since we have so much on the agenda, we need to move on to thotting out in Europe. But describe yes. St. Louis in three words. Okay, uh, I will give St. Louis just because you weren't there the whole time. Uh, I'll give it an A minus. It probably would have been an A plus if you were there the whole time because you could have helped me out. And you don't know, just just before we move on, I got those two things, Michelle, that I learned on my own that I wish you had told me because they're great selling points. I'll just say them quick and we can move on. Okay. One, St. Louis doesn't have an open container law. You can walk around with beers. Oh, yeah. Like oh, New Orleans, yeah. like Vegas. Had no idea. I was walking around Bush Stadium. People were walking around with beers openly in front of cops, just popping bottles, having oh, a good yeah. time. I was like, wow. That is a huge selling point for your boy TC Fresh. Yeah, also, Number that was, two. hold on, quickly, that was like one of my biggest contentions with Connecticut is I would mm. go to the grocery store and they don't sell wine or booze there. I'm like, what do you mean you don't sell wine or booze here? They're like, you got to go to the separate well, store called the package store. I was like, that's <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's not 100% true, but yes. Yeah, yeah, for the most part, she's right, though. It's, no, they it's sell very beer. rare. They sell beer at Whole Foods in Connecticut and the West Hartford, Connecticut, Whole Foods, but they do not sell wine. Yeah, and it's really, rare. it's like, why are you discriminating against grapes? And not hops. Like I don't understand. But keep going. Listen, it's 2018. Figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> this is not, you know, like the new settlements here. Like let's figure it out. Okay, keep right. going. So, Tom. so that's a huge selling point for me because that you just can't do that it, just anywhere. So that's awesome. And number two, at Bush Stadium, two hours before first pitch, they open the doors and you can go in and you can get five dollar beers. That's incredible. That's like. Every stadium in the country should do that. And I've told all my friends around Boston that rule, and they're like, dude, if that happened at Fenway, it'd be bad. Like, that, there'd be, like, yeah, a problem. Yeah, I feel problem. like that would be dangerous. That, <laughs> there would be legit problems in Boston if that happened. And honestly, I didn't see anyone unruly. It must be, they must be so used to the rule that, like, everyone kind of just, like, goes with the flow on it. And they were doing this hockey jersey giveaway thing, and I was like, oh, man, I'm so excited. I'm going to get, like, this sick hockey jersey. Like, the first 30,000 fans get it. And as I'm walking up to the stadium, everyone, everyone was walking towards the stadium and already had the hockey jersey on. And I was like, how do these people already have it as we're walking in the stadium? So I sit down, everyone around me is wearing one. And I'm like, hey, how did you guys get the jerseys before you even came in? They're like, oh, we came in a few hours early, grabbed a few beers, and then we, went, and then we left and came back. I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, you don't know about the rule? About the $5 thing? I'm like, oh, my God, that's incredible. So shout out to St. Louis for that. And every single stadium in America should have that rule. So, St. Louis, A minus. Okay. Uh, you know what, Tom? I'll take it because I was very, uh, I was very concerned about your rating after I had left and everything went to hell. But I'm glad that you had a, uh, had a great time. Yeah, and there's more. Maybe we can do a deep dive on a, on a separate pod. I think in the future we probably will do that. There's more stuff, uh, but you know, for the sake of time, we will move on. So basically, to just put a bow on it, St. Louis is amazing. I was right. Um, okay, so the last time all three of us were together, we had a little bit of a conflict. Um, I had just gotten back from Europe. Steve had a bone to pick with me about some of my content choices on Instagram, and uh, he said that he was kind I of called a bone to pick. I think I just it was an observation. You were sitting on it though. You 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 were ready to. Pounce. It was just something I had noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I wasn't judging. But you were, and you said that you were surprised because, based on my Instagram content, that I was thotting out in Europe. Mm -hmm. And me knowing you, I knew that that wasn't a direct dig at me. I thought it was funny, <laughs> and I was laughing. I have been contacted by so many people 
who are up in arms about this comment. They are very upset that you said I was thotting out. They were like, first of all, that is so unfair. You were just living your life and having a good time. Does he even know you? You're the furthest thing from a thought in the world. Like, oh, I'm sorry. You post one photo of you on a boat with your friends having a good time. And it's only because you're a female that you're thotting. And listen, all of those viewpoints are super valid. And I just, Steve, want to give you the floor here to defend yourself against the people that think you might be a little misogynistic here with that comment. Not in general. I have, Straight I have a few comment. questions, first off. Yes. I don't want names, but and I wouldn't even know who they were. Describe these people that are upset to me. Describe like what they're about, what their deal is. Um, it's kind of a mix. And what's, how, how many are we talking to? Uh, I mean, relative to the number of people that listen to this podcast, I would say less than 10%, obviously. Um, but it's I mean, that's still a lot of people. I was kind of surprised by the number of people that made comments about it because, you know, a lot of people, I think, that have listened to this podcast or kind of followed my media journey know that I'm really not that thoughty. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, I think that your point, not to butt in here, but was more or less like, wow, you really let it go over there. You were super fancy free. You know what I mean? So which is the way that I consumed it. Um, but yeah, I was. It, it was guys. It was females. It was, you know, people from all different walks of life commenting on this. Yeah, listen, so I, I, I wanted I asked you that because I want to know if this is like part of the blue check brigade on Twitter that gets offended by everything. Right. And wants to make sure that, you know, they are the most righteous people in the world. Um, I will say that I wouldn't have just said that to some random person. Be like, "Wow, you were really thoughting out there." <laughs> um, I know you. I, I, like I said, I wasn't judging you. I don't believe, and I think that we're at a place where I think I can say that as a joke and have it be okay. Um, but I think at the end of the day, people just want to find a reason to be offended, and I think that calling, saying you were first off. I don't think I think there's a difference between calling you a thought and saying you were thoughting out. I think thoughting out is more of a joke. It's a it's a it's clearly a joke. And if I was just like Michelle, you're a, you're a I huge thought in Italy, like that's <laughs> offensive to me. But like call, saying hey, you were kind of thoughting out a little bit. Like I just think that's a throwaway line and it's funny. Um, I laugh. Obviously, many people think that I'm or that, obviously there's a big amount of people that think I'm wrong. I think they're being way too sensitive. But hey, you're everyone's entitled to their opinion. It's 2018. Like I said before, figure it out. But. <laughs> Um, I know that I don't think you were offended by it, right? I mean, I, no, that's, I that would be my biggest concern is that if you took it, if you were upset by it. No, honestly, I know you so well and I know exactly what you meant by that. And the reason I laughed is because I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. You know, I mean, just, and then we, we expanded on it. If you had just said that line and then we kind of let it lie, but we expanded on the fact that I was just, you know, you're kind of punch drunk by this environment in Italy. And you're like, I don't really care about censoring this content. And, but I think, I think the larger issue at hand is that women sometimes do feel like they have to censor their content. There would be no problem with either of you going going on a boat in Italy and posting photos of you and your swimsuit. You would never be like, oh, I wonder if people are going to think I'm a thought if I do this. And in my mind, it was just like, oh, my God, look at this amazing day that I'm having with my friends. I'm sharing it because it's a great time and not, oh, check out this sultry bikini pic. You know, that, you know, that <laughs> and it wasn't even a bikini thing. I had a cover up on. It wasn't that big of a deal. But I just think that's kind of where the problem lies is it's this greater um, issue with women feeling like to be taken seriously or be viewed a certain type of way that you have to present yourself through this specific prism at all times. 
I will say, like, too, if I if I saw Tom doing any of the same things you were doing, I would have also <laughs> said something to Tom. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know what the male version of what what, what would even the male, male version of thoughting out be. I actually just uh, pulled up the definition of thought from Urban Dictionary. Do we want to run through that and see if Michelle fits the category? Or? I think we know what it is. <laughs> well, it's it's good to it's good to kind of get some some true context here, and I feel like Urban Dictionary is where we should go for that. Uh, so this, this definition may not be safe for work, an NSFW definition, but that's what Urban Dictionary provides, and we are on a podcast. So uh, the top definition on Urban Dictionary for thought is what guys call girls in schools that send out nudes and porn of themselves, <laughs> an acronym for that hoe over there, thought. <laughs> so, I mean, dude. When you put it in that context, not cool, man. Yeah, so actually now I'm thinking about this, okay? Can you imagine people listening to this podcast that are like, what is thotting out? And then they Google it, and that's what they read? Yeah, that was See, that the is, when that's I That's such Googled an aggressive thought. way. Like, first off, I feel like you say, like, if I was like, oh, like, that, like, the term thought in general, that is so intense. Like, that's not the way I would view it. So I guess if that is, t- by Urban Dictionary standards, we all know that they are just a reputable source for everything. Yeah, Urban Dictionary very. sense is very aggressive. I had no idea that thought was an acronym for that hoe over there. Oh, you didn't know yeah. that? No, that's, I, I didn't no know. Idea. I didn't know. I knew that's the only thing I knew about thought was it's that hoe over there. But I mean, it's in every rap song. You can, I mean, it's 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 a massive part of pop culture, right? Um, <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think that's where I was going with you, Michelle. I don't. I think you knew that yeah, that's where I wasn't no. going with you. The way I the way I envisioned thoughting out was just kind of like. You're just like on boats, hanging out, you know, wearing stuff. I didn't think that I hadn't seen you wear before, drinking a you ton know what, of wine, Steve? I didn't and just living your wear, best life. I didn't really wear si- a swimsuit to work, Steve. That's correct. Well, <laughs> not even on work though, but like or at work. I'm just saying, like on any of your other Instagram stories or any of your other any any posts you've ever had. True, true. It was a Michelle I had never seen before, and she that was, was unleashed. Just, yeah, she listened, and it was it, Michelle. Like European Michelle was having the best time of her life, and I like European Michelle. So, I guess listen, if I if if I offended people, I'm sorry, but like that's not what my intent was. No, and intent matters. Again, to put a bow in this category, Steve does not think I'm a thought. I took the joke. All good, but Steve, uh, I'm going to bring European Michelle to your wedding. So buckle up. I like. I want more of European Michelle. I'm. I'm very confused. Like it's. I, this isn't like a. Hey, never have Michelle European Michelle come back. Like Michelle, European Michelle seems fun, and I'm interested in, in 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 European Michelle at at parties and at my wedding. Okay. Well, speaking I, of your I wedding, like, I like that uh, putting a bow on stuff to finish categories. It's kind of something that we started saying last podcast. Yep. You have now said it for the last two categories, so maybe that's just going to become a thing here, Michelle. We're putting bows on everything. Do it. <laughs> okay, so Steve, speaking of your wedding, transitioning to the next category. Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> God damn it, Tom. Can't even go. That's <laughs> true, I can't. But I would have sent a nice gift, Serenity, okay? Mm. You can still um, send a gift, Tom. No, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so when Tom was here, we were talking about your wedding, and obviously I'm very close with Maddie, Steve's fiance. Yeah, I was talking about how pissed I was. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding, but not really. Um, mm. So I was thinking about you and about her, and there's this stereotype that exists, fair or not, that when it comes to wedding planning, that guys aren't really as involved in the nuts and bolts of things, that they were just mm-hmm. kind of along for the ride and say, yep, honey, whatever you want, I'm good with. Um, and Steve is not really like that, you know, having worked with him, he's very 
very detail oriented. He never shies away from a task. I could see him being very supportive in the planning process, but I could also see him being like, nah, it's FIFA night. I'm just not going to be a part of that today. I'm going to ask you questions, Steve, about your wedding and see if you can answer them correctly. Okay. And I've reached out to Maddie and I have all the answers. Oh, geez. All right. So this is going to be bad. All right. Wait, can I give my prediction really quick? I think Trudy's going to do really well. I think he will, too. So I'm here to debunk Uh Steve as the the uninvolved groom-to-be. Okay. Steve, question number one about your wedding. What is the guest count? How how many people are uh, showing up? So we invited over two... I have a massive Italian family, so my dad is one of seven. My mom's one of five. So I have, like, aunts and uncles that are, like, my mom's, that are, that are like, grandparents' age. My cousins are, like, have have kids that are my age. So I have a massive family. So we're at, we, we invited over 250. I want to say it's probably around 220. Incorrect. Ooh. 230. Incorrect. You're trending in the wrong way. It's lower than that. Okay. Yes. That's okay. Okay. But you were kind of close. All right, I'm at my final guess. Two, two sixteen. Uh, wrong. Um, <laughs> according to Maddie, the guest count. She says if Steve says anything between two hundred five and two ten, you can mark that as correct because the number has fluctuated. <sighs> so you were close, but no cigar. Yeah, like I'm not way off. Like I know, I know the deal. I don't know. The final, we're giving the final number tomorrow anyway, so I should, this is a, this is an unfair question. A erroneous question. <laughs> <laughs> That's so many people, Jesus. And I know, you, and you aren't gonna like I know. I'm sorry, Tom. Like, average, I, like if I had less average, friends, and, but like I actually I, would I, prefer a smaller wedding too. I'm I, I I don't I'm I'm like not very anxious and I'm I don't really get nervous about things, but I do not like being the center of attention. So I'm very. I, that's the one thing about the wedding that I'm sort of like eh about. Um, and especially with that many people, like I don't want yeah, to have to. I don't want to have to talk man. and please that many people. Yeah, that's that's big. Well, uh, the only time you'll really be super center of attentiony is during the ceremony, and after that, it's really just like a big free for all. You'll be doing like yeah. more one on one hangs, you know. So once yeah. you get past the ceremony, you're good. And I'll have to do that much time first, and we're good. Yeah, really, just stand <laughs> there and look at Maddie lovingly, yeah. and you're straight. Yeah, not a problem. Okay, question number two, Steve. Can you name all three dinner options presented to your guests? Yeah, uh, there is a. Let's start with the. I don't know if it's, I think it's vegetarian squash ravioli type thing. Correct. Raviola. Mm. It's, it's actually not called ravioli. It's something else. It's like raviolo or something. Um, that's one. Uh, the second one is the one that I'm getting. It's Moroccan chicken. It's amazing. Uh, comes with Israeli couscous. Mm. And the third one is a beef spare rib. Correct. Great job, Steve. Yeah, come on. Of course, you got the food right. Of course. Yeah, I mean that's the. the yeah, you, you got to go. Test what did you all get, that. Michelle? Um, so I was going to go with the squash raviola, and then Maddie said, "Huge mistake. Get the Moroccan chicken." The so all right, awesome. let's, so let's not rub this in my face here. Come on. Sorry, what, Tom, I, what am I going to get? I don't even know because the family wedding I'm going to, my mom <laughs> wrote down whatever I'm getting. So <laughs> oh, she, didn't even, she didn't even text me a choice. She's just like, "I wrote you down for the." I'm like, okay, Mom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I figured you would. I could send you some spa- some some spare ribs if you'd like them, Tom. Did Did you get? Uh, is there hors d'oeuvres? Yeah, there's like a, there's a ton of stuff. Um, there's like mini oh, yeah. lobster run, rolls. Run me through it, big guy. Well, you asked me the question. You, Do you know, want me to- yeah. you know what, Tom? You're deviating. No, no, I'm here. Saying, yeah, yes, you know what I'm, I'm tired. I'm of in. You. No, I'm excited. I, I want to know hors d'oeuvres. Well, I like hors d'oeuvres. Talking. We just like your trip to St. Louis. I'm going to do a full Saruti wedding recap when I return. Okay, fine. Somebody Somebody asked me if I was if we were going to do a post show pod. Uh, 
from the wedding, like that night. I was like, dude. <laughs> no, I mean, dude. And the only answer there is no, Tom's not invited. That is that wow. would be that would be a hard thing. We can always give him a call. Tom's always on the phone anyway, so it doesn't really matter. We can call Tom. <laughs> totally. And then yeah, so so yes, exactly. But I think we might be a little bit occupied at that point. So yeah, yeah you think that, that's gonna be a no. I'm sure that Maddie would love it if I was like, Hey, can I steal Steve for a quick forty <laughs> minute hour. pod uh, breakdown? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, next question. Steve, how many bridesmaids does Maddie have? <sighs> oh, okay. no. Well, it's the same number that I have of groomsmen, which is uh, six. Correct. Yeah. Good job. That's not that well, hard. That's an I mean, easy it's the same one, number. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's not pre- the same number. I've I can been, yeah. name them, too. I've been in weddings where there's more bridesmaids, and one groomsman has to walk down two bridesmaids, and he looks like a yeah. baller. I don't think that's that weird, but I, I have we, we it ended up working out where we had the same amount. Nice. Let me run. Let me run this one by you guys. I am in a wedding next spring where I'm a groomsman of. I'm one of twelve, and there's only nine Ooh. bridesmaids. May the well, odds ever it? be in your favor, Tom. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what's up? Yeah, I guess. Twelve but, is yeah, a lot. Isn't that crazy? Twelve okay. seems high, Michelle. No, uh, that's a little too much for me. If I was I the bride, friends. that would just be a lot to coordinate, a lot of personalities to manage, yeah. a lot of logistics. Yeah, you know, it's going to get weird. It just seems, yeah. Twelve seems like twelve seems like you're in a position where you don't want to leave anyone out, and that's, that's what it a, was. I think that's not a place you want to be in if it's your wedding. You don't want to have to worry about any of that stuff. Yeah. All right, we have two more. Steve, what is Maddie's something old? Oh man. Okay. Uh, so I know that she uh, something old. So I know that she had a ring. We had a ring, basically. So her grandmother um, used to own a jewelry business. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think her her grandmother and her grandfather. Um, and they had some things passed down to them. So we had a, and I don't even know if this is the right answer, but I'm trying to earn brownie points here. Uh, <laughs> we had a ring remade uh, using some of the old diamonds uh, from her grandmother's jewelry store, maybe. Well, that's beautiful and seems like such a special piece, but that is the incorrect answer. <laughs> I feel like I know it if you say it, too, which is a, which is the biggest bummer. Yeah, I feel like as soon as I say it, you're going to know. Um, her mom's can you wedding. Give me a hint? Wait, wait. Can you give me a hint? Well, I just well, said she, the first three words. She just started words. saying it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's enough of a hint, I think. I said her mom's wedding. Is it a piece of her dress? Yes. Good yeah, job. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, her mom's wedding See, dress. Yeah, there's so many so old things. I don't even know. Like, there's so many old things. I don't know which one she had picked for. You know what? What is the thing? It's something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Correct. Something I also old. don't get that. What? What do you mean? What is? So you just bring a bunch of shit to your wedding? <laughs> yeah, like you have it on you. Yeah, you just put, you just put it in a, on a table? Like, that's the old new blue table. Like, no. go look at that shit. No, like, for Maddie, her something old is her mom's wedding dress. They're taking the lace off and they're wrapping it around the bouquet. So it's like a special part that's of her right. her parents' wedding involved in her wedding. Okay. Yeah, God. don't be so cynical, Tom. God. I will, I just don't know what I it get is. It, I've heard, I I've heard the, the phrase, but, like, I've been to a few weddings, but I'm, like, a little, you know, not focused on that stuff and i'm sure that there's going to be a few people within that 205 surety that aren't going to be focused on that stuff as well no offense you know i, I listen i clearly wasn't even that focused on it so sorry, <laughs> sorry okay mate. so wait what are we at three yeses one wrong i think that was my f- what what i technically i got the first one wrong too because yeah was he like, got the first okay so the first i feel like that's not fair okay so I, we're you know split I'll take it. two and two we're split at two and two so this is the tiebreaker how involved is Steve in his wedding? And I have two questions that I can choose from. I'll let you pick, Steve. Would you like question A or question B? And choose wisely. 
Well, I kind of want to know whatever the other question is. Yeah, so let's both. just do let's just do that for fun after. Yeah. Bonus question. Yeah, I'll yeah. do B. Okay. Wow. Tough choice. B is definitely <laughs> the tougher option, at least as far as I'm concerned, because I think. Given information we've already revealed, you may be able to deduce the answer to A if you didn't know it. This one, your SOL. Ooh. Steve, what color are the bouquets and boutonnieres in your wedding? Um, They're white. Correct. With? Yeah, I was going to say. With? I actually picked a lot of that out. Yes. Uh, it's with like a green. It's with green. Yes, green. Steve. Yeah. Oh, my now. God. <laughs> Amazing. I'm I'm no. so proud of you. Thank you. Well, because Maddie was showing me a bunch of them, and I just like the way the white ones look. I'm wearing a gray suit, and I don't Ooh, like... good choice. And I like the way the green sort of looked with it. It just looked natural, so that's why. Yeah. Yeah, white and green. I thought What's for up? sure you'd be like, ooh, that's something she picked. I'm nervous. No. Well, she... Well, she I don't know. I mean, she showed me a ton of pictures and was like, "Which one do you like?" And I and they were all and I told her the, that I like that kind. And we went, and we looked at a bunch of white ones with the green, and I ended up picking one out. So that was uh, I was heavily involved in the flowers. So Great. So to put a bow on this, Steve, very involved, very involved groom to be. Proud of you, buddy. Yeah, I feel like I really didn't even get. I, I knew the one I got wrong, and then the the number of people that are coming, I was close enough, and I. Uh, that's that's a really hard question. The last <laughs> question that she sent me was, "How many tables do you have at your wedding?" Oh, this would have been way harder. Oh, really? Um, I thought with the number of people coming that you may yeah, well, do some quick math, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's uh, on average eight to ten people. There's two hundred. So you probably have what twenty six tables. I'm gonna say the twenty. Two. Yes. Yes. Steve. Let's go. <laughs> We're back. Steve is back. Oh my gosh! I am. That game was way more exhausting. I'm in a full body sweat. I didn't think. I you'd feel like get, I did awesome. You did. I didn't think you'd get any right, and I was nervous. I was also <laughs> nervous. Well, no, because Maddie really did. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Like Maddie planned this wedding. I. I mean, I just was like, and that's the way. And she like she knows what I like, so that's it's fine. And she she actually does this for work. She plans events at UConn, so. I it, I would be a hindrance to her, but um, I'm I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm not going to lie to you. All right, putting a bow on this category, <laughs> we're proud of Steve. We are proud Yay, of Steve. Steve. Okay, moving on, Steve. I'm sure you have a take on this, but Tom and I were I'm discussing for it the wedding. when. <laughs> <laughs> so excited, Tom. What could I do? What could I do? I know. To make I have a suggestion. Thing? Can I propose it? Yeah. Um, well, I, I am serious about you sending me one of those Saruti temp cats. Yeah, we need that. Oh, but, we could do that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I did this once for a friend. Uh, I, I was the maid of honor in a wedding. We did this thing at the bachelorette party I planned. Have you guys ever heard of Flat Stanley? Yeah. So it's like that thing that kids can bring around and take pictures with Stanley yeah. in different places. I printed out the groom's head and we taped it to the top and we pasted a popsicle stick on it so we could carry around <laughs> Flat AJ throughout the bachelorette party and take pictures of him in compromising positions. So my proposal is that we do flat freeze pops and I'll just carry him around at the wedding and I'll be like, here's Tom <laughs> and I having a drink at Saruti's wedding. Actually, that would be funny and I, I'm, I'm all for it. You are? Okay. That, would be, that would be hilarious. It'd be a great I think Tom would play. like that better than actually being yeah. there. Yeah, because then he doesn't yeah, have to give a gift. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thousand million percent. I love that idea. Okay, so in million, fact, yeah, now yeah, I'm happy. It's done. Yeah, that's a win. That's a win for you, dude. So you know what? You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Rudy, no problem. It was all me. <laughs> okay, category number four. Tom and I were talking about this. 
when he was in St. Louis, because it came on the radio, and I'm personally offended by this. I think the Weezer cover of Africa is absolute trash. So <laughs> it doesn't surprise me one bit that Tom loves it. Yeah, oh, I just um, love Weezer, and I love he, Africa. So I like, like Weezer. I don't really like that song. And Africa, like, I don't understand the Africa thing. Like, why what? did that song? Why did that song just become like an internet meme thing? Like, I don't understand. Like, because why it's all an of a amazing sudden... karaoke song. I know what Saruti means because it's been a great song since it's come out. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I've loved the song forever, but just recently, it's kind of become an internet thing. Yeah, and I and don't. I, so- I actually don't understand where that came from either because. Like well, I go I, I on Reddit and stuff, but I don't really, I don't really live in that world too much. What, why, Sirudi? Right, I, I don't know why. I know why Weezer, Weezer remade it. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I know the Weezer. I know why Weezer remade it. I don't know why. Why did it's they become remake kind it? of an internet thing? It's a, it's an interesting story. Do you want to tell it, Sirudi? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't somebody just tweet at them like a bunch of times saying, "Hey, cover Africa by Toto," and they just finally did it? <laughs> no. So it was one tweet from an account that was made called. If the, the the handle was something along the lines of was Weezer should cover Africa, and then they that account tweeted at them saying, "Hey, you guys should cover Africa," and they sent one tweet ever, and that was the name of the handle, and they tweeted it at them like three years ago, and then randomly one day they like quote tweeted it, and they're like, "Here you go," and they sent it out. Wow. I, that's see that's that's funny by Weezer, although I don't like the song. Yeah, I mean that story's hilarious. But I don't like the original song either, so I guess it's hard. And, to and I would like to preface that story with my brother is the one that told me that. So if there are some details that are incorrect, <laughs> oh great, you passing can, off any. You can you can uh, you can direct them at, at Tim Carroll sixty six on Twitter. Shouts out to Tim. Big Thank, Taco Bell. Guy. Thanks for the uh, sultry burrito <laughs> content. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you guys would love Tim. I'm surprised you never met Tim. I'm sure I would. Well, Tom, the only way we would have met Tim is through you, so that seems True. like a you problem. Yo, quick, quick Tim aside. So Tim is only 13 months older than me. We're basically like twins. And he only visited me in Connecticut one time in two and a half years. Connecticut is like less than two hours from where we're from in I Rhode Island. Dude. Why would he come to Connecticut? Well, because we're brothers. I saw, I used to go back to visit him. He yeah, never came once. But you're going home. There's an incentive there for you. What is Tim going to do in Bristol, Connecticut? Yeah, well, we he did come one time, Bristol. and let me tell you, well, we, we had be, a hell of a time. The answer would be check out ESPN, Michelle. God. And the answer and, would be Bar Taco in West Harvard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you don't hang out in Bristol. You go other places. We did our fantasy draft in the ESPN cafeteria, which was like kind of a thrill for the guys. But then, yeah, uh, awesome. yeah we had a good yeah, time. Cool. We had a good time. We can talk about our itinerary later. Quick aside to your aside, I love that you and your brother are basically Irish twins named Tim and Tom. Yeah. I think my parents, they've said in the past that they thought for some reason that they were going to call us Timothy and Thomas. They didn't think it was going to become like this sing-songy like, nickname Tim Tom thing. And... uh I think that they are either lying or they just didn't think that fully through. <laughs> I think it's hard to call a kid Timothy and Thomas, though, like yeah. for their entire lives. Like it, it just seems too formal. I don't know. My dad tried to call me TJ for a while, I guess, as a kid, and we'd be in the same room, and he'd be like, TJ, TJ, hey, TJ. And I would just be like looking at TV, completely ignoring him. <laughs> Well, I think after also the emergence of Thomas the Tank Engine, it's kind of hard to just be like, yo, Thomas. You know? Right, because it's, it's already spoken for. Yeah, it's already a thing. Um, okay, yeah. so back to Africa. Yeah, sorry. By yeah. Weezer. Here's my beef with it. 
I think if you're going to do a cover, you have to make it your own. You have to put a unique twist on it. Weezer literally just sings Africa note for note the way Toto did, but with a more nasally voice. There's nothing that deviates it as an interesting cover. And because it's Africa, it's being played everywhere. And I just think that's really unfair (laughs) and lazy. If you're going to do a cover, put a spin on it. Don't just say, hey, this is a really popular song that will vault us up the charts. Why don't we just sing it? That's so lame. Yeah, what does Toto think about this? Yeah, you know, let's get Toto that's a good question. It's like they kind of stolen their thunder. Like Toto had had the sort of the monopoly on the internet meme, and now all of a sudden Weezer just you know swoops in, and everyone's singing their song now. I bet there are youths that believe that. But you know, but you know what? That song is a Weezer song. Toto has made so much money off that song, and it's become such a cultural, uh, iconic song that like they probably don't really care. Like they're just sitting on their Africa. They're just sitting on their Africa. Africa cast. Steve, ever heard of it? No, I know, but like, what's the like? <laughs> I bless the rains down in Africa. Like, what what are they doing? I don't, I don't, I never really thought about. You know it. what? Great art lets you interpret it however you want. Good call. Good call. Uh, and one thing I will say about the cover: I went to a Weezer concert earlier this summer, and they did the cover towards the end, and so people were already nice and lubed up for it. Yeah. And uh, let me tell you, it got pretty hyped in the arena. Pretty hyphy. Okay, here's what it here's what it is about. I just googled it, and according to www.smoothradio.com, nice. Yep, reliable source. It says, "What is the song Africa by Toto about?" And I quote: "Yep." At the beginning of the 80s, I watched a late night doc about the terrible death and suffering of the people in Africa. It moved and appalled me, and the pictures just wouldn't leave my head. I tried to imagine how I feel if I was there. And that's it. That's it. It's become a really fun bar song, but really it's about pain and suffering in Africa. Who knew? Yeah. I mean, that's mm. kind of what I figured. I mean, it's also interesting that, like, instead of doing something about it, you're just like, yeah, I'll just write a song about what, I would, what it would be like if I was there. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's very that's, that's a very good point. I, I hate this song now. I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. Weezer's canceled. I'm over it. No, yeah. Weezer's not canceled. Weezer Blue Album may be my favorite thing to listen to, period, in my car. So, no, Weezer never Weezer canceled. Guy, but you know what? It makes sense now. I love Weezer. Weezer's fantastic. I don't know. I just, that surprises me. My dad loves me. Weezer. Your dad loves really? Weezer? Yeah, he's a big wow, Weezer fan. Wow, respect to your dad. That's awesome. Yeah, he likes uh, Beverly Hills a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, yeah, you know. I mean, that was a while ago at this point, but I think of that as, like, newer Weezer. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Having seen I love Beverly Hills. pictures of your dad, Steve, that surprises me. <laughs> yeah, no, it surprises me, too. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Big Weezer guy. That's um, awesome. I want to show with your dad. Maybe I'll see him with the wet. Oh, wait. Never mind. Oh, my God. Here we go. Flat. Honestly, this is going to be all over my head forever. And I'm just... <laughs> so we're running out of time, so let's do some A-plus content. This feature seems to be pretty popular. I had a lot of people reach out to me about the real Helen Keller. Um, after last, <laughs> it is pretty good. Is. After I, I was worried, Steve, like you, about thotting out in Europe. To you, that was just kind of like an offhanded joke that we all got. I was worried that if I was like, hey, you know what's funny? A parody Instagram account about a blind and deaf girl. <laughs> um, well, you know what? That people may not get it. People loved it. So I was pleasantly surprised. You know what? This sort of flows into mine if you want me to go first. Yes, please. That is, that, take the baton. I, that is a ridiculous double standard. Like, it's okay to make fun of Helen Keller, but it's not, a, <laughs> it's not, it's not okay to, to say that my friend is thotting out. <laughs> Like now I'm mad about it. Now, now, like at first I sort of accepted. I'm like, all right, maybe I don't know. Maybe I see. Now I'm now I'm back to being mad about it. Um. So here we go. This is what I'm gonna do. 
I'm not a big bar stool guy. Um, I I don't. I I really just like PFT and Big Cat. That's really it. We know them a little bit. They've done some things for you know for different shows that we've worked on. They're awesome dudes. They're super talented. Um, PFT, his real name is Eric Solenberger, um, and he's typically in character. For those that don't know, he's typically in the PFT character, and it's the most creative character of all time. I mean, I, I, the the thing that he did, um, Michelle, when he we prank called the Milwaukee Bucks, and he acted like he was Matthew Dellavedova. And oh, that was so funny. nailed the voice and actually got through to Jason Kidd was one of the single most impressive things I've ever witnessed in my entire life. I honestly still to this day sitting here can't believe that that actually happened. It was ridiculous. And not only that, he's so talented and funny and creative that he just instantly sprung into character and knew which questions to ask. He knew the inflection of the of the accent. He knew exactly what to do. But I mean, props to Big Cat too. He was, you know, when Jason Kidd got online, he's like, "It's your it's your old friend Tony." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, no, mean, I mean, they're both. If you haven't both seen amazing. that clip. Go back and find it. Just Google Rosillo Show. Part of my take, Jason Kidd. It's, we can tweet it out. It's A plus content. I promise you. It, it's that is so a, that is A plus good. Content. It's one of the one of the best moments of live programming that I've ever been a part of. It was so funny. So this that leads me to the reason that I'm talking about him. He wrote a piece for Bar. I don't know if you, you guys know. I don't know if everybody in the audience knows, but like Barso has been under attack by a billion different media organizations because everybody thinks that they're misogynists and they have poor morals and blah, 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 which may or may not be true. I don't know. I don't work there. I don't consume a ton of their content. Um, like I said, I only really watch and, and, and follow those two guys. But um, PFT, a.k.a. Eric, wrote this long piece just kind of like with his thoughts, not as his character, but as himself about just like the state of where we are in media today and kind of everybody just trying to get these gotcha moments. And everybody on Twitter and on social media wants to be holier than now and tell everybody how wrong they are and how much better of a person I, you know, I am because I don't do these things. And it's to me, it's just a lot of like throwing you know, stones and living in a glass house. Like I don't understand why everyone feels a need to put everybody else down. And there's a ton of bullying going on online, and it's obviously absurd. But like these media members who act like they are above it all and are so righteous and like, you know, have never done anything wrong in their life. Like, I just think that that's wrong. And I think it, I, I encourage everyone to sort of read Eric's thing because he goes through all he, he, he goes through and acknowledges that, like, women do have it really hard and you should stop bullying women on online. But that does, also doesn't mean that, you know, that everyone, you know, should that, that women don't bully each other. And it's like this huge cesspool of just people trying to, like, one up everybody. And it's just kind of like a disgusting place to be. Like, we need to be better than that. So I would encourage everyone to to read this piece. And Tom, I know you read it too. And if there's anything I'm missing, like fill fill in as well. But no, I just thought no, it was really think... smart and encapsulated everything that's wrong with like media today and, and this whole got you attitude of trying to prove that everyone is like a bad person and how right somebody is. You know what I mean? So you thought it was yeah, yeah. content. It was no, it was, it was, really, re- it was really really well written. And uh, I think you know the only thing I'd say is again I'm I, like you said and same as you, I'm not really a huge Barstool guy either, but I do really like PFT and Big Cat. I've been a PFT fan since he was writing for SB Nation back in the day. Um, And one of the things that people have attacked Barstool for is the fact that PFT and Big Cat, they have them there as these shields. So, you know, all the bad stuff that people say Barstool does, they're like, oh, well, look, we have PFT and Big Cat, and everyone likes them, so you can't really say anything bad about us. And... They, the the other media outlets have been criticizing Barstool and PFT specifically. They're like, look, you know, you can't just hide behind this character. How do you actually feel about this? Because you're considered the shield against PC culture, so, like, you need to speak out. 
So I, I think it was really ballsy and, and brave of PFT to come out of that character almost fully and really address the, what these places have been accusing Barstool of as a human and uh, in a really articulate way. And it was really well written, and I, uh, I, I thought it was really smart for him to come out and finally just be like, look, guys, you've been talking mad shit about me for not saying anything, so here you go. I'm going to say something, and it's going to be really fucking smart, and uh, this is how I feel. And I think everything he said was spot on. Uh, I think everything you just said, Trudy, is pretty spot on, and uh, I encourage everyone to read it. It was really, really well written. And uh, I, I think that that guy is super, super talented. I mean... Outside of Stephen Colbert's character on Comedy Central for nine years, I think PFT, the mm-hmm. way that he does his performative stuff is unbelievable. And I, he's an amazing Twitter follow, and I'm a huge, huge, huge fan. So, shouts to him. Totally agree. Um, I feel like I'm in kind of a gray area when it comes to this topic because my feelings on it are pretty murky. I do consume part of my take from time to time, which is barstool content. I have, as you mentioned, Steve, worked with Big Cat and PFT, and they couldn't have been cooler. They are super nice. They were super professional. They were super prepared. They were so creative. Working with them elevated the show to a totally different sphere. Um, And by that, I mean, they're able to creatively take you in a place that you can't necessarily do in a traditional sports talk format. What they've been able to do with the podcast is so admirable. And I really enjoy them, and I'm happy to see them succeed. And I also think it's it's kind of a levitardian in a way. You have to be in on the joke to get it. It's almost a smart listen in a way because you have to be able to read through the lines and, and get the jokes. Um, mm-hmm. However, I think that's, I think that's really smart. Yeah, but however, the other side of Barshall is something that I've been battling against my entire career. I think that the problem with Barstool is when you have the guy who's the face of your company in Portnoy saying these terrible and hurtful things about women and riling up these masses of dudes to attack them online, that is a problem, and that is wrong. And he uses his platform really irresponsibly to me. I really admire what he's been able to do in building this massive empire from literally nothing, from like a newsletter, a free newsletter. That's impressive. And he also does performative art. I don't know him personally, but he understands that by fanning these flames, it's good for business. So whether he really cares that much or not, he plays the game. But I also think that to call women a fucking slut and to say the only job that you have on TV is to make guys hard and to call people a Bible-thumping freak and disparage their religion, that is cruel. It's mean. It's wrong. You can say what you want about the Internet being the cesspool of PC. The Internet is also a cesspool of hatred. And honestly, someone that gets it all the time, I don't appreciate someone like him making that normalized because it's wrong. And I don't think that he really gets what it's like to walk in the shoes as a woman in this industry. And you guys know me. I'm the first person to to criticize women. I'm not going to just wave the flag for all women. I choose to, of course, support women. There needs to be more smart and intelligent and talented women in sports. And I love that women are getting all of these opportunities. Obviously, I'm one of them. But I don't, I don't know. It's just it's really tough. And I, I try to explain this to people. And the best way I can explain it is this. Yesterday, I worked the Cardinals game. And I changed my outfit like six times before I went there. Because I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to wear a dress. I don't want to wear something that makes me look a certain way. Every single thing that you say or do 
is scrutinized in a different way than than you guys would get it. For instance, today we were talking about cheese curds on the air, and I was talking about how they're really snackable because they're bite sized and I said size matters. And guess what I got when I got off the air? Mm. A million dick jokes from dudes being like, "One size matter? Let me send you my dick." And you're like, uh. "I didn't invite that. I was talking about cheese curds, you know." And it's just. I interview a player or make a compliment about a way someone plays on the field. And then it's like, yeah, I'm sure you're sleeping with him. Cool. Yes, men have their own issues that they have to deal with in this industry. I'm not saying that you don't. But to to be a part of a corporation that thrives on attacking women in that way is hard for me to reconcile. And I really do love Big Cat and PFT. And it's it's just it's a weird area for me to be in. And I don't know where the delineation is. Um, and I can only make the choices that are best for me. And I really enjoy their content and them as people. So I choose to support them while also saying like, hey, maybe everything that Barstool does isn't for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's really well said. And Michelle, one of yeah. the reasons that I think I like and respect you so much is because I can have these conversations with you and I know that I can be myself and you can you can tell me if I'm wrong or what the deal is and I and I listen and 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 either change my ways or think about something or, or think about something completely differently and you know I think it, it it's he's it's right there's a there's a big difference between disagreeing with someone on Twitter and then harassing them correct like that, and that's what people have to understand right is mm-hmm. that you can like don't don't go there sometimes like it doesn't you don't have to go to that level if it's a woman or even if it's a guy like don't don't harass people like it's it's absurd and that should stop like you can have arguments and you can disagree on on whatever topic you want don't harass people it's not that it's not that hard to figure out and i also think it's really unfair too to just say okay, you work at Barstool, you're this, and paint each individual yes. a certain yep. way. Just because the three of us work together, we are our own individual people. Just because we worked at ESPN doesn't mean that we have anything. Like, if someone hates first take, I would always get that when we go place. Oh, you work at ESPN, I hate first take. I'd be like, well, guess what? I've never worked <laughs> on that show. I have nothing <laughs> to do with it. the opposite of first take, Ryan Russillo. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? So I, I do take umbrage with that, and I think all the women that work at Barstool, I respect them for speaking out, being like, you don't know my life i yeah. work here and i love working here and and dave and all of the men yeah. here have been mentors to me and like don't tell me that this is a bad place to work when you're not sitting in my chair and i think that's super valid as well there's I totally agree. there's all of these like all of these individual rights and wrongs can exist in the same place yeah there's room for nuance there's like, room we, for like nuance. Things can, both can be true like the way that someone treats their platform can be one thing and the way that they treat their individual employees and their have their individual relationships and the way that they create an environment at work for the males and females there, that can be a separate thing. Like, that, both can be true. So right. I completely agree with you on that. But, again, I mean, none of us work there, so we all, all we know is what we've heard from the people that work there. And they, I, I haven't really heard, seen any negative stuff about that. So it's, it's definitely an interesting media topic for sure. And, the, for the three of us who work in media, I mean, of course, we're going to eat this stuff up and have opinions on it, you know? Yeah. So, I just, it's, uh, and I, and like I said, I've never met Portnoy. I don't, I don't know him at all. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's how he is in real life, but I can tell you if, if I said something online and then someone with that sort of a platform said, Hey, this person go attack them. And then for, I mean, if you read the story from the daily beast, these people were talking about how they would talk about the misogynistic nature of Barshul and Portnoy would say, attack them. And they, some of them were getting calls at, at their home phone numbers. They had to deactivate their account. They were getting death threats, all of these things. And that is so problematic. And, you know, I, I don't know. It kind of reminds me. Do you guys remember Perez Hilton back in the day? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he used to, you know, draw on the photos of celebrities and their kids and be like, this kid is ugly and all of this. And he had to sit down with, I think it was Jennifer Aniston, um, who ran into him one day and was like, do you realize that I'm a real person and what you do for entertainment is actually damaging to people? And I think that that's kind of the thing with Barstool that upsets me is, sure, it's all for show and all of these stoolies act like we're part of this bigger thing and it's us against the world and we're going to ride or die with you. But in doing that, you're actually hurting real people. Mm-hmm. And I just think it, you know, but then again, to those people who wanted to write negativity about Barstool, they know what's coming. You know, you, you also can't say it sucked that this happened to me knowing that this is what's going to happen. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, I think it's wrong that it happens, but you also have to kind of brace for impact. You're writing about how terrible these these stoolies are to people online, and then you can't be surprised when you get you, it in return. You're, you're right, but I also have – the other side of that – everything you said is 100% right, but I think a lot of these people who are also attacking them, like, their, their shit's not clean either. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of screwed up stuff going totally. on. Totally. And, and everyone wants to act like they're clean and they're perfect. And, and, and the reality, everyone has to get better. Like, everybody has to get better. Like, let's just be nice to each just other. Just be better. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's 2018. Figure it out, right, Steve? Yeah, fi- like, seriously, figure it out. What are we doing? Okay, well, that took longer than expected. Tom, yeah, wow. what is your A-plus content? So after that, like, really, really well-thought-out answer that Saruti and Michelle just gave, it's going to seem really dumb with what I'm about to say, but there's this hilarious Instagram account called uh, Drunk People Doing Things. Oh, yes. <laughs> there's a bunch of those accounts. Yeah, so it, this one, it's, it's the main one is drunk people doing things. It's a private account, so you know don't hesitate to follow because it is hilarious. And like you know, some people may say, "Oh, you know, like it's, are we really trying to glorify that stuff?" It's like you know what? Let's just have fun with this because what these people are doing are absurd and hilarious. And uh, I, I mean, mean, it's exactly what you would expect. It's just really drunk people trying to like function in society, and it's hilarious. I, I enjoy it thoroughly. So. Uh, you know, I don't want to go too long on it. Kind of speaks for itself. Uh, you guys should just kind of go follow drunk people doing That's things. Great. It's probably my favorite Instagram account. So. There's drunk. It, there's old people doing things. There's animals like doing things. Animals doing. Yeah, they're all funny yeah. and they're all. Private, I think they're so all kind of inter- interconnected. They're, it, yeah, they're, they're all great. like private accounts, but like you should follow them. The reason why they do that, I think, is so it forces you to follow the account. So then you yeah. don't just look at the stuff and not follow. Which, yep. So I get it, but at the same time, I wish that they stopped doing that. If I want to see a meme, I want to see it right away. I'm with you. My meme account that I love is Instasingle, which is also a follow account. Do you guys follow Instasingle? It's so funny. No. I might. Honestly, I follow yeah. so many meme accounts at this point because, you know, it's just become a thing to send people memes and right. gifts on those accounts. So I just follow, follow them. One, you follow them all, though. Like, they all just right. like using their own account. Everybody's right, account. exactly. They, they cannibalize themselves. But what I do is I'll follow them, but then I'll immediately mute them because they post way too much. So mm-hmm. I'll follow all of them so then whenever my friends send stuff, I can see what they're sending, uh, but then I don't have it clog up my newsfeed. So there's a pro yeah. tip for you. Really two strong contributions to A-plus content from you guys. Um, so my A-plus content of the week, I was late to the game on this, but it's really uh, gotten heavy into the rotation. Okay. Uh, so I had been hearing for years about how great of a TV show This Is Us is. A friend and I who have both never seen it were like, we should watch this. So we've been watching it together. And we're not done with season two yet. I know season three started this week. It is such a well-written show. 
I think in an ensemble cast, it's really hard to uh, develop each character line effectively in the same episode. And sure, there's different episodes where one character shines more than the other, but there's still impactful things from every main character and every episode. And the storylines are so great. They're surprising. I call it the This Is Us emotional dump. I feel like I'm crying after every episode. It'll sneak up on you and you're just like, oh my God, I've had a really rough (laughs) week. I can't believe Jack did this or whatever. Um, But it's an amazing show. I love it. I cannot wait to catch up. And shouts out to Sterling K. Brown, native St. Louisan, who is obviously the star of the show. Whoa, didn't know that. that St. Louis connection. (laughs) Didn't know that. Yeah, Sterling K. Brown, proud St. Louisan. Um, Get him on the pod. I should. I should try. I actually know his nephew works here in uh, TV locally. Yeah. yeah there's always a, a St. Louis connect somehow, right? But yeah, it's it's such a, in a great watch. You feel all the feels when you watch it. And every time I'm done, I have a This Is Us character power rankings. It's a sliding scale. And it reminds me <laughs> a little bit of how I feel about Game of Thrones, where afterwards you're always like, ooh, you know, I kind of like Cersei after this week's episode. But This Is Us with the character development, great job. Really, really great show. A-plus content. I've never watched it. And that's Have a take 30? from 2015. No, I'm kidding, but... I've seen a few episodes. It always seems really depressing, but every, I don't know. I guess that's a good thing. You should get in on it, Steve. I promise. Uh, not my cup of tea. I'm mad <laughs> yeah, I've seen it in the background. I've seen... I saw one episode. I won't spoil it for anybody, but it was super sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was I, wicked sad. Yeah. Like, I'll surprise people with some of the shows that I like sometimes, but, like, that really doesn't just seem like I, something I would like. But eh, no, maybe I'll give it a yeah. shot. I don't see Tom being into that. I really like that very Cavallari show. I like Great Insecure show. on HBO. Like, there's stuff that I like that people are surprised by. But uh, Insecure this season has been so good. Yeah, it's a very good show. I didn't love it uh, out of the gate because I was like, Insecure is just another iteration of Girls, which was just another iteration of Sex and the City. I'm like, when are we going to stop with this four girls that are friends in a big city? <laughs> one is broke, frolicking. They have trouble dating lives format. Uh, but Insecure has really separated itself from the pack there. Um, whereas Girls went from really strong and trended to super annoying and terrible pretty quickly. I feel yeah. like Insecure has done the opposite, where I was kind of unsure at the beginning, and it's vaulted up and really separated itself from the Girl pack. Girl season one was awesome. Yeah, season one was great. After that, mm, pass. Uh, Hannah getting a Q-tip stuck in her ear and having a panic attack, pass. As soon as they went to what's-her-name's dad's house, it was like, what is this? (laughs) All right, Tom, let's roll through some reviews now that Saruti had to bounce. You ready? Sure. All right, first one is from KJT Ohio. Five stars. As a single guy, I had no idea what emojis did to a conversation. Ever since listening to the episode on Emojigate, I stopped using emojis when texting girls, and the results have been phenomenal. Many more dates than before. You sure you have a great vibe to your podcast, and I love each new episode. Tom, you're, wow. you're out there changing lives. That's incredible. I mean, good for him. I mean, that's usually how I operate. I'm not an emoji guy, and I use that one, and it seemingly derailed me for a while, but things are fine. Uh, yeah, so... Awesome. That made me feel really good. That Shout out to that guy. Positive <laughs> review for free spot. Yeah, you know what? You're trending up. All right, so T. Boge, Boog? I don't know. Anyway, shouts out to him. Uh, awesome pod, five stars. The original post-show pod was great. Now Small Talk takes it to the next level. Freeze Pop's ability to co-host Hungover wins him goat of the week. Bring back that segment. Keep up <laughs> the fantastic work. P.S. Michelle, come back to the Dolphins because I'm a free agent football fan. Um, I really appreciate this review simply because Tom also did this pod hungover. We didn't reveal that, but he texted Steve and I last night saying, damn it, I'm at the bees game and I'm drunk. I'm going to be hurting again tomorrow. It's unbelievable that it keeps working out like this. 
It's unbelievable. Because there's seven days in the week. I don't get drunk every single one of them, as you may be surprised by, because of every single time we do the post-show pod podcast, I'm hungover. So uh, that's crazy. But again, another positive review for me. I mean, I'm, I'm winning this week. You know what, Tom? You're back. You're back and better than ever, as Mike and Mike used to say. Texas is back. (laughs) Texas is back, folks. So for all of those reviews, thank you so much. If you haven't, you know the drill. Head to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate it, leave a review. We may read it at the end of the pod. Um, And I guess the next time we all do this, Steve will be a married man. Yeah, he's he's busy his wedding week, so... I don't want to project too much, but I'm pretty sure we won't be doing one the week of his wedding. Uh, so, yeah, the next time the three of us are together, he's going to have a ring on his finger. So, congrats to him. I won't see the ceremony, which is, which is kind of a bummer. Do you want me to FaceTime you in? <laughs> uh, I, I, I know people might think I'm joking, but I legitimately do have to go to a wedding for a family friend that day. So, uh, unfortunately, no. But the thing I'm all in on. Yeah, likely story. Anyway, thanks again <laughs> for listening. Thanks for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Thanks to Tom and Steve, as always. And until next time, good night, Boston. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.